I'm happy to be here. It's a, it's a long-awaited time. We've wanted, wanted to come here a long, long time. But uh, it's, uh, it, it pays to start your car in the morning to get here. <laughs> it, uh, it's a long way south. And, uh, but I did, uh, on the way down from Texas and coming through here, we did see some of our friends. The snow geese and the Canadas were uh, eating on the field. So we kind of waved at them. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> So now we know why they always come this far south. And uh, part of, uh, part of uh, Canada's here, my word, I, I've seen that. Are they migrating this way for the winter, I think? <laughs> they must be. They must be. It's good to see all of you, and it's always nice to see the elect lady. I, uh, I feel that way. There's none like her. Uh, I kind of feel that way about my wife. And uh, Irene, by the way, is her name, if you didn't know. And... Uh, but uh, we all feel that way, and I'm glad he feels that way about us. When I heard this last song, uh, it just blessed my heart to realize that we weren't running after him. He came looking for us. We didn't even know that we were, in fact, if we were honest, most of us were running from the presence of the Lord. But God rich in mercy. In fact, it's, that's the one message, the first one I heard Brother Bram speak in 1965, running from the presence of the Lord when I was in Jeffersonville. Indiana, and uh, when he preached the marriage and divorce series, I was blessed and privileged to be there for those series. And uh, the night when we walked into the tabernacle, the evening is Wednesday night, and I heard Brother Bram take his text, running from the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, by that time, I had already quit running. <laughs> I had found the presence of the Lord. And that's what I believe this message means to all of us. We are honored and so blessed to know that that you can drive hundreds and thousands of miles and maybe find one here, one there, one there. And as the prophet sang that song so many times, they come from the east and the west. They come from the lands afar. And there's here and there. Think of how many churches we pass. Not because they're bad people, they're wonderful people. But blessed are your eyes for they see. And blessed are your ears for they hear. And your hearts that can believe the very impossible of all times. We're expecting the greatest event, the greatest expectation lays in this closing seventh age that there's going to be little men and women walk off of the earth without dying. It's only been heard a couple of times and done singularly. Enoch had the privilege, a few of them. And, uh, but we, all, we know all those stories and they're so wonderful. But now we are the last part of the great puzzle of God. And the last few pieces are put together. I'm just so glad to be a part of them. <laughs> I'm just a part to be a, a part of the family of God. <clears throat> Give me that. I'll, I'll try to sing this song. You know, how do you, uh, I'm more infamous than famous. Uh, I'm, uh, we're, we're, we've, we did sing years ago, and I say this humbly, uh, 19 and 70. You know, some of our good friends, Brother Gary. Brother Gary and Sister Barbara and Sandra sitting with them. We, uh, they, you know, there's nothing like old friends. <laughs> and uh, overestimated, we were over 50 years ago when we met them first. And uh, Brother Barney at that time, and we preached in that area in the church. And God called me to preach in 1970. And Brother Tim and I have actually something very much in common. We have both preached about 52, 53 years now. But he's a little younger than I am. I started later. I started when I was 28. 
And God called me, and uh, it's been 52, 53 years, and just this, uh, this December, now my wife and I have always said, you know, when we ever, if we ever retire, now preachers don't retire, they just slow down. And uh, I said, if we ever get to the place to where we retire, uh, I'd like to take, and when we go to Tucson, and then go on down, Phoenix, Tucson, and then go east, uh, as long as we feel like, and at least to Louisiana. And then maybe head upwards. So that's what we're doing here. We're just kind of uh, driving, feeling, and doing, and doing this, uh, which makes me. I didn't really want to preach. Brother Tim would have been preaching. I'd have been felt way better. But I, but I would. Uh, but I want to kind of uh, put my lick of fire with yours. And uh, and if you know the song, there is a source. If you know the words on it. If you would put it up on the screen. <clears throat> there is a source in time of need. Gives me strength, brings me peace in every trial. My Savior stands in my defense. So when the road is rough, leaves you tired and worn, all your strength is gone, and your heart feels torn. Remember, God is greater than the storm. Take courage for the battle lives the Lord. When the waters rise, He calls my name and bids me come out on the waves. He holds my hand lest I should falter makes me stand out on the water sing it with me when the road you walk leaves you tired and worn and your strength is gone and your heart feels torn remember God is greater than the storm take her battle is the Lord. Take courage for the battle is the Lord. There are two roads you can take, one by side and one by faith. Take the word of God Or what you see What you believe Is what will be So set your wings To the winds of faith You can fly To a higher Struggle 
It's by grace Set your wings To the wings of faith And watch your need And watch your cry Watch your mountain Isn't much too high Then just speak the word of God and by and by it will move or you will fly so set your wings to the winds of faith you can fly to a higher place do not struggle for Watch the eagle in the sky. He doesn't struggle and he doesn't strive for the power that makes him rise. Is already in the sky. Oh, set your to the winds of faith You can fly To a higher place Do not struggle It's by grace Set your wing To the winds of faith Oh, do not struggle for it's my grace Set your wings To the winds of faith Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. This great work that you've begun. We feel so blessed to be living in this day, in this hour. Seeing the great book of redemption begin to close now and seeing all the elect waiting that they without us are not made perfect. They're waiting on this last bride to reach that position, that place in your great economy, Father, to where you will call and we answer. Thank you, Father, for your grace this morning. We thank you for this resurrection morning. We've come here not to run a program or a system, but to glorify your worthy name, to build our hearts and our hopes on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Take both the speaker and the hearer under your control, for it is given to us to speak, but also to hear. Grant it, Lord, as you get glory and praise in our service this morning. Bless this assembly, the pastors, the ministers, the deacons, the trustees, all of the labors around here, many have driven miles to get here this morning. God, I pray you'll bless them and may they be just a little higher when they leave here today and say it was good to be in the house of the Lord. Because of your presence, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I'll lay this one down.
thank you. God bless you so much. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be here again today. And I want to say this one more time, uh, that uh, it's, a, it's a one time, it might never happen again, but I'm so glad to be here today and to get to meet you. And, and uh, any time when you, I've always said this, if you run out of who to pray for, and I, my name crosses your mind, pray for me. Uh, I think it was so many times people have prayed for me. I think how many times i prayed for others. You ever notice how sometimes when you're just not thinking about anything, you're just praying for somebody, all of a sudden names start coming to your mind. And names that I couldn't remember if somebody would ask me. But the Lord begins to, I like it when I get alone somewhere, you know, just away from everybody, drive my car. Names start coming. I take advantage of that because later on I forget the names. I can see their face to face. I, I, I know your face, but the name. But God bless you all. And uh, I'm, a little bit, I'm a little bit loud up here. Am I scaring you? <laughs> I'm going to try and be quieter. <clears throat> but I, I want to just share just a, just a little bit before I, uh, I, I... I don't know how long you have your services here, but... Are you, you're, like brother, you're like Brother Harold. They asked him one time about... Uh, pastor said, how long do you want me to speak? Oh, he said, I believe in the message of the hour. <laughs> so he was, in the, he was in the message. So we'll do it somewhere within the hour. <laughs> no, I, I don't. We know God's not a God of time. We're people of time. And uh, I realize sometimes time is a great factor uh, because uh, uh, I remember one time my background is German. And uh, but really more Dutch than German. We were in Germany and we came, we'd taken a, a train, and my wife and I, and everything's punctual in Germany. They say exactly what they mean. So we were, we were coming into this one port and, and uh, the train was coming in and just outside of the city, it, it stopped. And we thought, well, we're not there yet. We're not. And we looked at the time and it was about two minutes too early. And exactly the time, exactly when the, when the clock, we rolled in. He stayed right outside. And I thought, well, now that's uh, going a little far now. <laughs> that's close. I mean, uh, but, but, you know, we serve a God that is exactly the word. He's not almost the word of God. He does not almost mean what he says. He means exactly what he says. Oh, wouldn't that be something where we could take him just that way exactly for what he said? Now, I know we always, and I'm not looking down on you. I said, oh, I wish I could believe exactly just the way he said it. Because he's never had to change his word one bit of all of the ages. And the science and the, the, the minds of men have reached now the skies to where they're beyond, almost beyond human of what they're creating. Well, they are because they're eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But it's got death in it. But God's word has no death in it except to the ones that reject the word. Then they're already dead. Jesus talked about, said they were already dead while they're living here in pleasure. Said they're already dead. That's the reason how you can go by places and see things and churches and, and religious orders and so on. Dead while they're living. But life isn't measured by maybe say uh, excitement or, or noise. But yet it's a part of it. It's, you know, like, uh, I kind of like to say it the way the prophet said. He said, now, uh, let the stimulation come from the revelation, not the other way around. Get a revelation from the stimulation. 
But I believe the stimulation that comes from revelation, that stimulates us. When the Word of God is revealed to you personally, then you know that you have passed from death unto life. That is God's way of doing things. I like the way He operates, don't you? <clears throat> He's not, you don't have to wait for me, and I don't have to wait for you. He reveals Himself to whom He will, and when He does, no one can take it from you. If God ever reveals you, like your pastor here, I've heard him lots of times. I've logged into this congregation, but now I see you face to face, so it's good. And I've heard the different brothers. Brother Kelly, uh, he's up there, uh, right? Uh, well, he's in the church that I used to be in. And uh, that doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> I didn't leave him. It was during the time when there were some storms passing through. And, uh, uh, but it almost, you know, almost blew all this. What storms do sometimes blows all the chaff away and then it comes back to the reality again. And Brother Kelly's doing a, a wonderful job. By the way, Brother Tim, Brother Dwayne Fair, who is my son-in-law, married Connie. And he is now just, he's become pastor as of January the 1st. So I'm now a free-floating uh, radical, you know. what is So... <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just taking my time, and I don't have to get up. I, don't have, I, I put all the burdens to him, all the prayer requests, and, uh, which is not that easy. We always do pray. But he said his greetings this morning. Brother Dwayne said his greetings. And uh, he said uh, they went to hear Brother Timothy, who was at Brother Kelly's church. They went to hear him Friday night, and he said he preached a tremendous message. That's what he told us. So we're, we're glad. I know they're happy over there. And, of course, every year when Brother uh, Spencer and Brother Tim come to Edmonton or to Brother Kelly's. We, uh, we take in at least a couple of meetings. So, so we always, uh, uh, I know where he stands on the Word of God. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord God. And I'm so glad. Just let me just make a few comments here before I turn to the Scripture. And um, I, I usually don't preach too long, but uh, uh, not that I run out of words to say. Uh, you know how it is. <laughs> You know what the, the word of God is that way. They're just when you start into something. Have you ever noticed as a Christian, you know, sometimes you just don't know exactly where you want to read. So you open your Bible and you start reading and you know more two or three verses. And you say, oh, that's exactly what I needed. That why that why I, why, I should, why haven't I read that before? You have, but we forget. But it's the way of the spirit. He knows, you know, he knows how to give you exactly what you need might be just one little part that doesn't connect with the other. Could be this morning, could be maybe tonight or whenever. The Spirit of the Lord moves in strange ways. But coming here to this Shreveport area, I remember, and I might not to say this is a joke or as a, a bit of a tense part, but back in 1970, 71, uh, we were here with Brother Perry Green in Shreveport, and we came to the tabernacle uh, of Brother Jack Moore. And Brother Jack, how many knows Brother Jack Moore? Well, you know of him because Brother Bram talks to him constantly. I think some of the greatest, and uh, you know towards the end, Brother Jack was always the kind that said, Brother Bram, come preach what's up in your heart. I don't know if he ever really saw the word completely, but I know he said uh, he enjoyed to have the pro- prophet come there because there was a powerful reality behind it. But, but let God do it. We're not, we're not judges. We're fruit inspectors. So, but I just let it go. <laughs> and and we, God didn't call us to judge. He said, now if the fruit's rotten, said, don't eat it. <laughs> so whatever it is. But we're not judges. Of, but in the church, Brother Moore come up that night, and he was introducing us, and Brother Green. And, and uh, so he, he had never met us before. And we were, we were nine of us there, um, you know, all the musicians. And, and by the way, the believers were nine Nine of us were first cousins from three families. 
and uh, the doles freezes and freezes. So we, we, we were singing together just like you do here in the church, born Holy Spirit. We had a great revival in, in the 60s and into the 70s when the message began to come our way. And uh, of the one village where Brother Kelly is still the pastor there of that local place where, where God sent the revival back in 1961 from actually 1957 to 19. Uh, 1665, when Brother Bram died. But 1957, Brother Bram came to, came to Saskatoon, and it was the first time I ever sat in his meetings. I was 15 years old. And um, like I said the other day, when we were, I was 15 years old, I was like most of you boys are 15 years old. <clears throat> you probably won't remember what I said, but you remember the girl that was sitting over there. <laughs> and there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And I, and that's what I was, I didn't, I don't know if I heard what Brother Bram said, but I was there. <clears throat> So let me just put it that way. I was there. If you, the only way I know what he said is I go listen to the tape. But, uh, and, but in 1965, when he preached the marriage and divorce, I was already married. I had two children. And, uh, and the Holy, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And it was one of the things that, that was so precious to me when I heard Brother Bram speak those messages. But when we were here and with the believers, we got introduced. And Brother Moore, uh, he was... Uh, not reluctant, but he, but he kind of said, well, now, these brothers will be singing today. He said, now, he said, now personally, he said, I don't, I don't, now this is, I heard it. He said, I don't really believe Brother Ram was Malachi 4. <clears throat> and uh, he said, I believe he's a man of God, but I, I, I do not, and Brother Green was there. He's going to tell all the testimony about how, how the angel of the Lord met the prophet and what he did in this age. And we were going to get up there and sing seven stars. In the hands of Jesus, the messenger that came, William Branham was his name. We were going to sing all those songs, and I thought, oh, my. Now, he said he doesn't believe this message, and he's the pastor here. That didn't make us feel, he didn't mean to want to make us feel unwelcome. He just, that's just what he said. At least he was honest, you know, and he said he didn't believe it. And uh, so then they, they introduced, and I came, and he said, now, you, you introduced the brothers. So I did. And I said, now we're going to have, I hope we don't have a problem here today, because I do believe that Brother Ram was the angel of Malachi 4. But I said, you know, to, to stall the argument, uh, you know, let's not fuss about something that's in the distance. I said, now, if, if we've seen something like look like a horse or might be a moose, if you're in our country, you say, no, it's not a horse. It looks like it's a moose. Well, we can fuss all we want. But I said, why don't we just keep on walking? <clears throat> and we keep on walking. And when, we get, when it comes clear, I said, I can look at you, and you can look at me and say, uh-huh. We don't have to say anything, do we? <laughs> I don't have to say, I was right and you were wrong. I don't even have to say that. Just keep on walking. And I say this to the local assembly, and you're a good pastor here. It's good to keep on walking. What we don't see today, just keep walking. This is a continual unfolding light. There are things that I, I wouldn't go back to 20 years, 30 years back uh, I'm walking in this light. This is, this is light to me. I'm not trying, I'm not waiting for something new. I'm walking in what is the, the light of God. It gives light wherever it shines. So walk in the light. And, and God bless you. I, I know that. But as Hebrews says, you know, not laying again foundations of different things, but let's go on to perfection. Like, like matured, if we ever talked about maturity, we know what we're talking about. This is the age of all maturities. <clears throat> this is the age of the, the Satan's Eden. It's, it's maturing. He's, he's, he's got a real Eden here. You watch, the, watch the things that he's doing. Yeah. 
He's got him a kingdom that he's not wanting to give up. He's, he's planning on living here a long time. But already notice has been served him already. Of eviction. We know that. Thus saith the Lord that he'll not be able to finish this kingdom. He won't be staying here long. He might inhabit it for about a half hour, an hour. But that's all he's got. And because there's, there's a little honeymoon while that's going on. And there's a bride coming back to live here for a thousand years. <clears throat> By God's grace, I want to keep on walking. Walk from that dimension to this dimension. I believe that's why we're here this morning. That's what everyone is desirous. That's why we preach. That's why we talk. That's why we encourage. That's why we stand and try to say, don't give up. Just and it's not you giving up anyhow. I, I kind of like one statement Brother Bram makes. I kind of, you know, we all have favorite statements. <laughs> Brother Bram said at one time, and, and, and maybe I'm not quoted exactly, but someone said, oh, I'm trying to hold on, I'm trying to hold on. He said, hold on nothing. <laughs> he said, he's holding on to me. <laughs> and you're saying that, I kind of like that song. It, you know, we, you try to say, oh, I want to hold on to the Lord. Oh, hold. Look, you've already made it. If you're in Christ, you're already with him, seated with him in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus now. And now are you the sons of God. Now are you the daughters of God. You might not even be filled with the Holy Ghost, but if it's the seed of God in you, It'll quicken you, keep leading you to justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost, till you and keep on right on moving. Keep on right on walking. <clears throat> Just like you say, well, I wish I was, you know, when you're, when you're 15, you want to be 18. When you're 18, you want to be 20, 21. When you're 21, you want to, be, want to be 18 again. No, I mean, but, you know, it doesn't take very long. You get past the place that, oh, wouldn't it be nice to be 25 again? Yeah. <laughs> With that, I'm thinking, oh, I'm so glad he took a picture of us when we were 20, 21 like that. Some of us got some real good friends across the other side. You know, I'm, I'm almost saying this respectfully, and I do say there's almost more people on the other side already than there's on this side. I've seen a whole generation of believers that believe this message pass away, a whole age. I think in our church, there's probably one. My aunt is living. She's 93, I believe, right now. She's still living. <laughs> And that's the only one that I remember of the village. There were Brother Kelly's, the pastor of the church, that still is of the stock that was first born into the message and lives today. Now, the rest are all new converts. And we're so glad. We're so glad Jesus didn't come when, when the prophet, when he took the prophet. Amen. Now, we, we, we was there, so we really were hoping that that would be the end of it. We, we believed it would be. Uh, I, I just might as well confess it. I said I was one of them there, and I believed with all my heart that, that there was going to be a rapture right then. And, uh, but it didn't come then. <clears throat> but it's on its way. We live and we breathe with everything that we do. And I'm trusting even here that you understand it's not trying to put a scare on people. I do not believe that Christians can be scared. <clears throat> uh, you know, because... We, we're just simply experiencing the reality of the entire scripture because this is a book of life that was written by God himself, but penned by men. But God wrote it himself. And every line and every verse speaks of him. The, the one singular part of the whole book is that our Lord is one Lord, but, but he has many attributes. And we've seen him unfolding, unfolding as we're seeing it too. But, but even taking the messages like the prophet said about watch the two vines, how they've come together till now. But the two vines have been growing, been growing. The, 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 the fruit is there. And now we're seeing the maturity of both of them. Not just one. Not just Satan's Eden. I've given, him a little, I've given Satan a little glory there. But he is, Satan can only operate where God allows him to operate. He is not above God. 
He has no, no authority over God. God still holds him exactly. Remember the scripture, Isaiah 45. Is there evil? Is there wicked? And the Lord hath not done it. All the things that are on the earth that give him, gave him reason and power of being. <clears throat> what if there was no sinner? He'd not be a savior. What if we weren't born in sin? There would be no redeemer. But the great author, he knew from the beginning. He didn't say, oh, I choose this one, I choose that one. Oh, no. He knew who was in him then. And my little thought this morning, if I would, I'll just move on to that. And I want I, I, it's just been lately, it's been, been uh, uh, kind of pounding on my heart. And from the bosom of God, I, I read a little part that Brother Bram talks about, you know, the uh, dewdrop. <clears throat> and uh, he, he takes a little time and goes through and said, how the dewdrop said, said, oh, and said, and it's born in the middle of the night in darkness. Now just sit, consider yourself, where were you and I born? In darkness, in sin, come to this world speaking lies. And just, but just as soon as the sun starts coming up, we begin to shiver. We begin to take a different attitude. Or something. We wanted to get back to where we were from. What's the desire of you here this morning? You get back where you came from, where you really came from. We say, I'm the son of so-and-so. I'm the son. I, yeah, we have natural parents. But if you're a son of God and a daughter of God, you are the eternal attribute of God loosed upon this age, <coughs> delivered upon this age to bear out and, and, and bear out the works of God the seed of God, for you are the living epistle <coughs> that's been written by God and now made manifest. You didn't live in Luther's age. I didn't live in Wesley's age or in Pentecostal age. I didn't even live in Pentecostal age. <coughs> I came in under the message of this age. When I came to the Lord, uh, it was in the message. And I remember my parents, they were, they were, uh, they come out of Mennonite and then went into Pentecostalism, then into latter rain. But while in latter rain, they were beginning to, they were thirsting for God. And in 1957, when Brother Ram came through Saskatoon, uh, it was a time of confusion in our area. And, uh, but from that time, I can say this humbly, from that time, my dad was determined. He took the tapes and ordered the tapes, whatever he could, in the books that they were available. And in our home, the influence of this message started in the July of 1957. My dad took the books home and began to read them. And I remember, you know, a prophet visited South Africa, a man sent from God. And there was a couple of Judas Statistics books that we got along the way. But as he started reading them, and uh, my dad still read German, Luther's Bible. And uh, so when, he, when he'd read the Bible, he still read. But he started reading English because he was starting to read Brother Bram's books. So he kind of learned English. He only had his third grade of English. So he started reading. And as he started reading, I still remember just being a young boy sitting at the table. He, he'd stop once in a while and he said, my, he said, this reads just like the Bible. He <laughs> said, this acts, this looks just like the Bible, <clears throat> like the prophets of old. We didn't even know he was a prophet at the time. But it, was, it said just that. And he said, but it, I think he kind of felt like that. Sometimes people say, oh, you're off the word. Oh, it's not right. It's, it can't be that. He said, well, I'll just stay with this till that comes then. <laughs> you know? So he just stayed with it and got to find out one day the Lord began to open up and say, oh, truly this was that Elijah that was to come. And I thank the Lord. And we like men like that. So sometimes maybe it's you. Just stay with it. If you got a little light, walk in that light. Don't be envious of somebody else's light. There's plenty for you. <laughs> there's plenty of place. I like this, this song, Room, Room. Yes, there's room. There's room at the fountain for me. I want to take a read of, a read of scripture here. I'm, 
I'm already, um, I didn't finish what I wanted to say there, but I want to, I'm going to finish it now. When Brother Bram makes that little comment about the little message, I think it's called My Commission. And uh, he, he talks about, he talks about the little, uh, you know, the dewdrop, and he said, then as the sun begins to shine, he said, maybe it's hanging on the line or the clothesline, he said, but as the drop is formed and then it begins to shiver, he says. And he makes a statement, said, why is it shivering? He said, it's longing to go back where it came from. And uh, I want to take and read, a, read that part, maybe that quote, you know how it is. I, I think there's nothing like when the prophet quotes something, uh, it always feels good. So you don't mind if I read that? <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm, not, you, uh, I'm used to writing things down, but. <clears throat> but he talks to, and takes the thought there, and I'm just finding a little, little uh, can't find it right here now, but let me just try Yes, here it is. Let me just finish that, how he says it. <clears throat> he said, now, he said, it's, it's there. That's the same thing with, with the new birth. He talks a little bit about it. He said, now, it sparkles and it longs to go back. He said, it wants to go back to where it came from. And uh, said, now, that's the way it is with the new birth. We, go, we never go back. We go forward. <clears throat> when you're born again, that's why I think today we have so many, uh, not so many, rather, genuine new births is because the seed maybe will sympathize with the word or a person, but they don't want to rot away from the old system that they were in. They don't want to come out of it. They want to stay in the old system and claim the new birth or the message of the age. We found that under Luther, Wesley, Pentecost, and the others, they tried to hold on to the old system and claim this. But the old system age must die, rot, in order to bring forth new life. See, to bring forth new life. And I, I think that is so beautiful. He said, now watch that little thing. He said, now when it's back there. <clears throat> but just let the sun shine on it one time. Did you notice? And I say this, just let the S-O-N shine on a real predestinated heart. One time. Just let the sun shine. Did you notice how happy it gets? <clears throat> and I believe in being happy. <laughs> but that's not what I'm, what, that's not, I'm not happy to get a revelation. I'm happy because I got the revelation from God. He said it just quivers, glistens, quivers. Why? It knows it's the sunlight is going to draw it back to where it was from the beginning. And so is every man and every woman that's born of the Spirit of God. There's something about it when light spreads over us that they're happy because they know they're going back to where they come from, from the bosom of God. Not from a church, not from a community. Not from a certain area, certain society, but from the bosom of God. When Jesus was on earth, he constantly referred to it. I come from God and I go back to God. I and my father are one. He had never said, he never talked about anything. He said the son can do nothing. And we look at the sovereignty of God. How can he walk into a church? How can he walk into a building of 500 people and heal one and walk away? When he had power, by, when he had all powers given to him on earth and heaven. But he said he did nothing. 
Now, I said earlier, I said, what is if we could just take what God said? If God said, go take one out of them there, that one is laying over there. He's not really sick, but he's always too slow. Go pick that one up and take him out. It doesn't say anything about when you read the scripture where Jesus stopped and they looked at this one, looked at that one, discerned it. He just took the one and walked out. Sovereign grace. We sit here that way this morning. Sovereign grace. It's God's grace that has brought us here. It was us that were sitting there. And we often tell this, how many people were sitting beside you when the same word was preached? But something struck in your heart and said, that's for me. That's for me and my house. James, if you have your Bibles, James puts a little that I would like to draw from if I could. And the second chapter of James, this is, I'm just going to pick on a little, an old familiar, and I'm sure your pastors, the little brothers here preached on this often. And uh, it's a good one. He, die, he separates works and grace and puts them all together. Works does not discharge grace, and grace does not discharge works. And he puts them all together. James, the second chapter, he's so beautiful at that. And the prophet is preaching on this, and he, and he reads the scripture, of course. And uh, I'd like to read it with you, if you would. It's James, the second chapter, but let's start around the 14th verse and just uh, get the, the background of it. So what doth it profit, my brethren, though a man may have, say he hath faith that have not works? Can faith save him? They say, oh, wait a minute, I thought we're saved by grace. We are. We are. But watch how, how, how he puts it together. I always like the way... He doesn't leave any question. <clears throat> what doth the prophet, or brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked, now watch, and destitute of daily food. Now that's just not natural, that's spiritual. And one of you say unto him, depart in peace, and be ye warned and filled, notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which is needed to the body. What doth it profit? Even so faith if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, and a man say that thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I'll show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But it's a good thing to believe that there's only one God. You can't get anywhere else beyond that. If you, if you, if you have more than one God, we're heathens. Now, he's got many attributes, and we won't go into that. You've got, a good, you've got a teacher here, so I won't even try that. But thou wilt know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. Was not Abram our father justified by works when he was offered up Isaac, his son, unto, uh, upon the altar? Seest thou then how faith was wrought by works, with his works, and by works was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. So ye, ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works? When she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. Look at the simple attribute that she had. But where did she get it from? 
It was revealed to her that these were men of God. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. <clears throat> Let me just, if you would bow just for a word of prayer, I want to read a prayer for the church that Brother Bram preached, that he prayed when he preached the message of the token. I just blessed me so much a while ago when I read it, and I want to read it to this tabernacle because I, I would believe it's meant for you and for me. Brother Bram bows with a prayer, and he says this, Lord, by your grace, your help, I claim everyone that's heir that hears this message. I claim them for you, God. I pray thee, Lord, both here and this message, where it goes, and those that hear it on tape. And if there be a seed anywhere that's predestined, Lord, to hear the word of this last day, may they come now sweetly and humbly and lay their trophies down at the cross or their selves as trophies of the grace of God that's called them. And may they be filled with the Holy Ghost and display the token of the life of Jesus Christ in his resurrection as long as they remain here on earth. Grant it, Lord. These words, Lord, I may have not said them just right. But if I didn't, I pray that the Holy Spirit will take those words and present them the way that they should be presented that the people may understand and know without malice and let them know that love is corrective and that they might know that it's because of the hour that we're living in and the close coming of the Lord that we see great red lights flashing everywhere all over the world that the time is at hand. May the people receive the Holy Ghost this day, I pray, and present them to you in the name of Jesus Christ and let it be a token to us as long as we live, which you promised to be. It's as easy as to ask because you promised it. So it's easy for me to ask you, Lord, because you promised it, and I know it will because you said it in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I, I wanted to read that for you because I do believe that's exactly my prayer. I do believe that we're in that kind of an hour. And may I just take a little part of this thought? Because, as uh, we all understand, God gives us t times and reasons and purposes. But I want to just take this a little part and read uh, uh, the little message called Birth Pains. And uh, two, two little places here this morning that I would like to read as uh, quotes. And, pardon me, I just read that from Birth Pains. I, I wanted to... <coughs> In Christ is the mystery of God revealed. A very common, a very common, a very much preached so a message that we have that we have so loved and often quoted from, and and uh, Brother Bram so makes known how that we are now in the age and the hour where God has opened up His complete mind and let us know what was in His mind before the foundation of the world. We've often went across those things and just rejoiced them because for the first time we understand the things that that. For the last 50 years, we've been walking in the light of an open word. Now, it hasn't all been revealed to us personally, and it comes gradually, but uh, it, it, is, it is part of God's word. And he has made it known that the Bible is the expression of the one goal that God had. And our purpose 
He wants to achieve what he's had. And let, let me just, now I chose here and reveals that, that the Bible, the entire Bible is the revelation of God's mystery in Christ. And the entire Bible is an expression of the one goal that God had, one purpose he wanted to achieve in the entire Bible. And all the acts of the believers in the Bible has been in type. All the acts. Now, just let your mind go and just begin to take some of those in, which we won't take a long time on that. But we, that's what we have labored for. Every time we pick up a character, we go to something else. And next time you pick up different characters in the Bible and oh, how it becomes real when you begin to siphon. You know, it's the acts of the believers that believe the message for that day. And they acted out. They were they were the word. They became the living word. God's always had skin on. <laughs> God's always had flesh around him. He works, he works through, the, through the vehicle of humanity. What do you think? Let me just drop in there. I would say this is I, not the Lord. But we always say, oh, Lord, give me more of you. Give me more of you. Oh, fill me anew. Fill me anew. Lord, make me so full of the Holy Ghost that I'm no earthly good. What would it be like if you were completely full of the Holy Ghost in every fiber of your being? You would be no earthly good. You wouldn't need a wife. You wouldn't need a husband. You wouldn't need children. You wouldn't need anything. You, you would just be so, yeah, you would just not, why would plow the field? Why plant? <clears throat> you speak the word. Why go through anything? But see, God gives us just enough of him to live here in this place, in this body, to love, to live, to grieve, to pain, to feel all of these things and to know and to, and to act out the attributes of God just like he has from the beginning. He's the author of love. He's the author of pain. He knows what pain is like. He knows what it's like to be without. Why does he keep calling us? Why does he go around the world and calls us? He loves fellowship. That's one thing he was born in. He, why, did, why do you think, why do you have a wife? Why do you have a bride? Now, why my wife? We're talking about being old now. We're getting old and, and uh, we look at something and say, ah, it's too late. Say, well, maybe we should fix our house. Ah, it's too late. Um, you know, well, we should maybe get this. Ah, you know, but I haven't got the energy. I just turned 80 this year, so it's a little different. I never knew what it's, somebody's asked me, so why do you want to resign as pastor? I said, have you ever been 80 before? I said, no, no, okay. When you get there, then let me know. <laughs> it slows down a little bit. <clears throat> but I said, you know what? I want to stay with my wife as long as I'm here. It's just the company, the fellowship. It, it, we've done, well, we've married 60 years this year. And so we were counting back, you know, how we go back and we go back and we look back. And, so we, and we come all the way back here to, to Shreveport. And we come a step into Gary and Barbara's home, and it's like home away from home. Sandra's filling us all in and all the latest, you know, and telling she's got all the names. And she, she remembers the names. We don't remember the names. And, and, and Barbara knows all the people. <clears throat> and Gary's just standing there shifting gears. <laughs> good, good old friends, you know how it is. But it feels good to walk, walk in the house and just sit there with friends. You can even talk about things that sometimes, eh, it's a little fishy. So yeah, but it's the principle of things. Don't ever be afraid to say, well, this, this, this is off the word here. This off. If it's off the word, get away from it. Yeah. Say right with the word of God. Some say, oh, I'm so, oh, we should be so humble. We should never talk about anything that, oh, I won't talk about. Well, our Lord wasn't that humble. 
Uh, you know, when they were there and around him and said, ah, oh, this must be the devil working, he said, well, of course, he said, you're your father, the devil. <clears throat> if you were mine, he said, you'd believe me because my father wrote of me. And uh, the scripture declares who I am. So he wasn't exactly, we say, oh, what a gentleman he was. Yes, he was a gentleman. <clears throat> he knew how to love like no one could. He knew how to bear like no one could. He knew how to put up like no one is. You, you get sometimes said, that's it, I've had it. <laughs> Whatever it is, you know. Well, he didn't do that. When he said, that's it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wipe them off. I'm, that's it, I'm going to take care of them. But you know what? Ah, wait a minute. Wait. I remember Jacob. No, 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 I can't destroy him. I, I'll let him suffer, but I won't. Uh, no, I'll bring him back at the end. <laughs> no, I can't destroy him. He, he, I promised Jacob. I promised Israel. How many times? You know, we get that way. We get impatient. And, but, but getting back to the thought, if we were, we, God made us this way to have fellowship. And how God loves it. Just That's why it's not just in church. We, here we come to praise and we worship. You know, I heard you praising and through the top of your lungs as you're coming in. And worshiping what you believe is that God will accept it, receive it, because you, you, want, him to, you want him to know how you feel. You want to know that, that I am a believer, Lord. <laughs> and, uh, and we don't, we, we have a language that no one else has. We don't have the devil's language. Say, well, I don't feel so good. I don't know if I'm saved today or something. That's the devil's language. Brother Bram said, that's not God's language. That's the devil's language. said, we speak those things that are honorable and truthful. Say, I feel rotten today, but I'm a son of God. I don't feel like a Christian today at all, but I know I am. I don't feel like getting up this morning, but I'm getting up. You're just throwing in another shell. You keep throwing another shell. I, I do a little bit of hunting in my years now. Of course, the only hunting I do now is in memory. <laughs> you know, all oh, those were good days. All oh, those were good days. Oh, how we did that. Oh, how we did that. And my guns are locked up in the, in the case, you know. <laughs> so it gets that way, too. Finally, so finally, you live memory. But I'm glad I got a good, I, kind of like Brother Ram said, I'm, I, I, of all my pictures, he said, I'm glad they were made in Christ. I'm glad. Now, I've been a Christian now for 50, well, 60 years. When I was 19, I met my wife and the love of my life, and we fell in love, and it was there that, that we realized, both of us, that we needed Christ. Well, we were, we were raised in Christian homes, but, but, you know, it's different to be raised in a Christian home than to be a Christian. That when it comes in you, then you begin to live out. Now, say, have you made mistakes? Oh, I wouldn't even want to go there. <clears throat> have you come short? Every day. Have you backslid? I'm going to say what the prophet said every day. But he is not one moment that he has stopped being an intercessor upon my confession. No matter how I feel, how rotten we feel, and sometimes I feel like totally unchristian. And, and you made a mistake, and you knew you made it, and maybe you knew when you did it. But then I want, remember I said, but oh, wait a minute. Where did I come from? And where am I going back to? I know I come from God and I'm going back to God. I know that there, I was in the bosom of God. If I wasn't, I never would have had eternal life. But I know I've got eternal life because I believe the word for this age. And I'm walking in it. It's me. I love it. Every part of it's me. I'm glad to be a child of God in this age. The darkest of all ages and the most deceptive of all ages. Now, that's the one thing we don't even want to get into this morning because that's, the, that's a challenge. This is, the, this is the most deceptive age of all ages because Satan has had 6,000 years of handling mankind. 
He knows how to deceive. <laughs> Just give him plenty. Everything they ask for, give it to them. That's a quick one. That's when I say in all things of Scripture, when you hear the prophet, he comes along and said, but remember, in all things, if God blesses you, thank him. If God takes it, thank him. Whatever you do, always thank him because he knows what he's doing. Sometimes I've seen things that are just impossible. You think it's impossible for something good to come out of that. You just said, how in the world? And you know what I'm talking about to some degree here in this tabernacle with your good shepherd behind you. How in the world? Sometimes I think, how can it be of God? But God makes all things work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. I don't know why Jesus had to die. He could have had a different plan of redemption, but he chose that plan. We didn't choose it. We didn't come here and say, I want to be a sinner. I'll sinner so I can be saved. No, we were born that way. God designed it so. He designed it so. Why do we hunger and thirst for God? He designed it so. You know, the prophet said, every man that's born of a woman thirsts after God. But he doesn't know where he's at. He doesn't know. He goes to church and he doesn't find him. He goes to a religious order. He goes to a ball game. He doesn't find him. But you think, look at all the entertainment this world's got. What are they thirsting for? What you are possessing this morning. They're thirsting. They don't know it. If they knew what life you're possessing here today, that eternal bosom of God, eternal seed of God, that's, there wouldn't be a place. You wouldn't have to build this tabernacle. You couldn't hold them. But God puts skin around it. And by doing that, he hides it from the world. God walking in flesh on this earth. And they looked at him and said, looks like God. Oh, that's, oh, when he raised that. Oh, my, there's Lazarus. Oh, that must be God. No, no. I look at who's hanging with. Look, he goes and eats, has something to eat. The Pharisees. Oh, no, no, it can't be God. can't be God. Now, if God wouldn't have had that flesh around there, they would be able to identify him, but God puts flesh around his word. And lets you come short, lets you be weak. Sometimes you struggle. Sometimes you think, oh, what, Lord, have I wasted my life? Have I wasted? I've stood there. Now, let's, let's follow me a little bit. Fifty, fifty some years I was there the night when Brother Bram died. My little sweetheart at the time, and you mind if I testify a little bit. But my little wife at the time, we were married for three years. And she loved me and she loved the Lord. But she'd been raised a certain way, you know, we all are, out of our Mennonite Baptist, Pentecost, whatever. And she, she had been baptized in the titles of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, immersion and everything. And <clears throat> she, uh, I'll say this, <clears throat> she's a real jewel. Now, not, <clears throat> but I told her, I showed her in the scripture, said, now it's wrong for a woman to cut her hair. She stopped cutting her hair. It's wrong to wear pants that becomes to a, a man's garment, and wear shorts and so she laid them aside, not because she wanted to or because real to her, but she did it because she loved me. <clears throat> and she just did it because we, it seemed like the good thing to do. But the night that Brother Bram died, and I say this, this is my testimony, this is my and hers testimony. <clears throat> the night Brother Bram died, we were at her parents' Christmas 
Eve. And uh, <clears throat> the, you know, the humbug of Christmas, and uh, it's not a very good word to say humbug about Christmas, but <clears throat> I like the real Christ mass, not, not even Christ mass, just Christ's birthday. <clears throat> but the holiday is pagan, but not the birth of Christ isn't pagan. We have our different opinions at times, and you're some people, they just get all carnal, others real spiritual. But just leaving that, and we were there and having a Christmas with the family, and uh, we got a phone call. <clears throat> My brother-in-law called me, and he said, and we had been there in February hearing the marriage and divorce series. Now it's December, the same year, and Brother Bram has just died. And when the phone, when the, when the phone rang and, and called my name, I answered. My brother-in-law said, <clears throat> he's crying. He said, Brother Bram has just died. <clears throat> and so we said a few words, and, 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 I, and we were about two and a half hours from home <clears throat> and where her parents lived. So we said goodbye, and uh, then I told Irene, and, well, you know, I'll have to be honest, Christmas is over for me then. After about a little while, I'm, I was trying to be a gentleman. I said to the family after a while, I said, you mind if I just slip out a little bit? And I told her, I said, I need to go upstairs. I need, I need to pray, <laughs> to be honest. And uh, because I, because <clears throat> we believed when God would take the angel that we were going with him. Let me clarify that a little bit. All of you are very familiar with first, second, and third pull. But when Brother Bram started preaching the third pull ministry, to some people, it became confusing. In fact, I've had men, ministers tell me, he said, ah, after he preached, when he got there and started teaching the word, said it just became confusing to me. I, I just, I like the signs, the miracles, and the wonders. Just exactly what he knew would happen. <clears throat> when he started preaching the third Paul, you know what he says. It's, it's like getting, settling down. He talks about getting in the capsule. He talks about buttoning down. He says, now, remember, it's out of your hands. And I'm not going to preach around that, but I just say that. He said, it's out of your hands now. Just sit, and, sit down and buckle down. He said, he's going to do the rest of it. And so we had all kinds of images of how it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're human beings, but we've got the rapture all figured out sometimes. And said, so wait a minute. We got many things figured out. We had kind of figured out that Jesus was coming now for his bride. And I got such a burden because my wife wasn't saved. I, I believe she's saved, but I stood on later on, she wouldn't be in the first resurrection, the bride. There's a difference between being saved and being the first resurrection. Blessed they have part in the first resurrection. There are those that we know, and that number is even given to where we don't even want to go there. That's not our business. Some people have asked sometimes, what do you think about that? And say, wait a minute, that's not me. I'm not in the tribulation period. <laughs> Say, well, what do you think will happen during the tribulation? I said, I don't want to be here. That's all. <laughs> I don't know. I have no intention of being here during the tribulation period. My, my goal is set. My hope is built. Well, that night, when finally, about an hour later, she came up, and I was already laying in bed, and I'd been praying. And, uh, and <clears throat> she got in bed, and I put my arms around her, and we laid there. We started, I started talking. I said, honey, do you know what this means? This could be... Before another day or the next day, or we don't know, but this, this could be any time within 40 days. There could be a bride going. Is that all I want to do is I want to see you, then I want to be there too. And we started talking. We started praying. And as God is my witness, and I, I hope I don't bore you with this part, but, you know, we love those things. When God does things, you'll never forget them. Because they're, they're, that's my property. We started praying. 
And neither one talking. We must have laid there for an hour. Just We couldn't pray because, loud because we're in their home. So we didn't want to disturb them too much. <clears throat> and we were starting to pray. And Connie was a little girl. She had in the crib. And she started fussing. And Irene was going to get up. But she, she just felt, no, no, just let her fuss. Well, she, she fussed a little while, and then she stopped crying. And while we were praying, eyes closed, dark in the room, all of a sudden there was like, a, I, this is my testimony, like a, like a human form in front of my bed, right at my feet, like Satan was just standing there. I didn't open my eyes, I'll tell you that honestly. I was fearful. I kept praying. And all of a sudden, as, the, as I kept praying, all of a sudden, I felt something, and I noticed as my eyes closed. Now, you know how sometimes light, when your eyes are closed, your lids are still let light, it ain't in light? All of a sudden, that very figure that was so black turned all white. Now I was afraid to open my eyes again for fear I'd see the angel of the Lord. I kept on praying, kept on praying. Finally, we, I'd say about an hour, and it quietened, we quietened down. And I began to tell her, I said, honey, you know what just happened? And she said, and when I told her, she said, that's exactly what I saw. I saw the same thing, and it became white all over. <clears throat> well, we don't make anything of it. It was just a vis- whatever it was. But something happened. <clears throat> we went on home. And <clears throat> I was working shift work for the company I was working for, and, and uh, <clears throat> started at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And, and uh, so about 3, my wife fixed some lunch and getting me ready, and I fixed my lunch kit and so on. She did. I said, she fixed my lunch kit. If I would have fixed it, it wouldn't be fixed. It would be fixed, all right. I'll leave the cooking to her. But anyhow, she was doing some ironing after that, and we were, we, we, actually, I turned on the tape, and we were listening to a part of the tape before I went to work. And uh, when I shut the tape off, some of the members kind of foggy, foggy but she said, Menno, she said, I have, I have need to be rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And I knew right there that now she'd not said much about that night. But from that time, we went to Jeffersonville in February of 1966. And she was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And from that time, <clears throat> I didn't have to tell her to stop wearing pants and shorts. And she always even didn't like the messenger too much because she was a little bit more educated in Brother Bram's verbs and adverbs. And some of them wasn't very, you know... <clears throat> You know how we are sometimes think, oh, he didn't say that quite right. He should have said it this way. Suddenly, God even changed her understanding. And, and I say this to the glory of God. From that time, she had a personal identification and realized that her eyes had come open. Something I could not have done. In fact, when, I was, when Brother Bram was, you know, in the marriage divorce series, every time he, he closes the meetings, uh, who is this Melchizedek and so on. When he closed the meeting, he always had a prayer. And, and uh, my, my brother-in-law, we were five brothers that had driven, driven from Jeffersonville or from Saskatoon to Jeffersonville, never crossed the border in our life it was the first time. We drove clear through in Minneapolis and on the way to uh, Jeffersonville. When we got over there, we said, we don't know Jeffersonville. We don't know anything about it. And, but I said, I remember Brother Bam talks about New Albany Inn. So we looked on the map, went to New Albany, and there was the inn. So we, we, we booked in, and, and we, were, we had been driving for two days and two nights in the same clothes and uh, the same hair. Good thing we had brill cream in those days, so you keep your hair down. And, uh, and mine were still black then, by the way. <coughs> they, 
they were still black. And every once in a while, I forget about it, and then my wife shows me a picture. I saw a picture the other day, and I had black hair. <clears throat> I kind of feel like Brother Bram said, wherever they were, I'm coming back to them. I believe we're coming back to them. I believe we'll be young forever. I believe that. This is my story. This is my song. We're going to be young. That what we feel now in our soul. We know now it comes from somewhere that's eternal. It comes from the bosom of God and is dropped down here. That's what God had in mind. That's what he wanted. That's his whole purpose. Now you see it. We love nice buildings and we too, we built a new building. But you know what? It's all volcanic ash. Even these bodies, but the soul, it's eternal. When we were in Jeffersonville, and uh, we, we walked into the town. Ta- well, they, they said the meeting starts on Thursday. And uh, so said uh, we were all, you know, unshaven, hadn't shaved for two days. And I probably smelled like polecats. I don't know. But, but we, was, we was, didn't even have a shower. We said, well, we'll do that later. We're going to have supper. And then we'll, tomorrow the service starts. Someone said, let's go find the tabernacle. So 8th and Penn. So we looked it up on the map and we found, drive up to the tabernacle. And there's cars everywhere. All around the tabernacle. And uh, we said, oh, it must be a service. Well, it was Wednesday night. And here Brother Brown was speaking. So we walked to the door, and the deacon said, there's no room. He said, there's no room. There's, there's, and, uh, oh, we felt so bad. He said, Is, couldn't we put chairs? He said, we put chairs everywhere. There's nowhere we can get in. And uh, then one of the deacons came from the back and said, just a minute, just a minute. Tapped him on the shoulder. And he went out into the tabernacle. And he come back within a minute or so and said, uh, you know, how many has been in the old tabernacle? Uh, all right. Well, it's got, you know, the two aisles, and then it's got the two doors going like that. Well, as Brother Bram was standing here, the, the aisle that came down that way, right where you go out, the deacon said, we're going to put five chairs there, and you can sit there. But when the meeting ends, you've got to get up, and uh, so the fire marshal uh, won't let you sit there once we stand, because then the people will leave. And uh, so we walked in just the way we were, and... Uh, I had not maybe sat five minutes hearing Brother Bram. He, had already, he was just taking his text, running from the presence of the Lord. He'd just taken his text. And uh, that's the last I remember about what I looked like, what I, what I felt like. Didn't make any, I, I, was, I think I probably cried right through the whole service. I knew that God had given me grace to see the angel of the message of the covenant of God, not the man. I'm so glad God gives us the revelation of that. It was the veil that covered the gift of God. And the gift that's in you is the veil that covers you. Sometimes a human, what stumbles people many times is the veil. So how could this man, he's such a man of God, and then make a mistake like that, do a thing like that. Be careful. This Bible tells it all. Brother Bram says, this is what I like about the Bible. It doesn't talk about just David, how great he was. Tells about the dirty laundry he had too. Tells about our life sometimes. So many times, oh, I don't want, I don't, I don't want, I hope that never becomes public. Right. Am I condoning sin and unbelief? Never. But we are, I'll say this. There is a fountain filled with grace. No matter how low you get or how far you fall away. If that seed lays there, he is responsible to his own life. He is responsible. He's not, even I can't keep myself. You can't keep yourself. 
But when Brother Bram preached that message there, that did it for me. And my brother-in-law, as I said earlier, um, he was sitting there, and one night he said, you know, I, I would like to show Brother Bram to pray for me. And, uh, and he said, but I, I asked some of the deacons, said, no, Brother Bram's not praying for everybody personally. It's just a discernment. said, you have to wait on the Lord. If he calls you, then, then that's the blessing you get. Well, we prayed every night. Of course, you know how it is. That's the night, the second night where I prayed. And I really was praying for her. I said to my wife, and I, for my wife, I should say, I said, Lord, show her to me. Show me what will happen. Well, he didn't. You know, God knew better. Might have, might have done something. I don't know what. But my brother-in-law... As Brother Bram, he watched the first night, second night, third night, when he saw the way Brother Billy would take Brother Bram as soon as they start singing after the prayer discernment, he'd slip him out to the side. So my brother-in-law went and stood by the door, and he knew Brother Bram had to pass by there. And uh, sure enough, here come Brother Bram, Billy leading Brother Bram, and kind of rush him out. And Brother Bram just walked right, as he's walking to the door, be like my brother, walked right to him, just stopped, and uh, laid a hand on his shoulder and prayed exactly. Word for word, what he was going to ask Brother Branham. <laughs> and then he just walked out. Well, what George, George had tears of sorrow before when he came out. He was, had tears of joy. He said, it's over. He said, it's lifted. He said, I couldn't understand how this could have happened in my life. There was something in his life. He said, I couldn't, have, couldn't believe that God could forgive that. He said, but he showed me that he's greater He's greater. I think he ran over some boys one time when he was younger. He was a delivery man. And uh, two little boys dashed out of the road. And uh, he killed one of them. And he, every time he'd, we'd talk about that, he'd be, it, something changed in him. You know, he took, felt like he'd taken the, he should have been more careful. You know how he has blamed him. And, but he said that, that night when Brother Bram prayed, when Brother Bram said that, just prayed, just about five words. He just said a few words. He said, that's all. He said, and that, from that time, I knew God had heard my prayer. He's a great God. He knows how to handle sin. He knows how to handle the works and put it together. Now, we know when we really look at the scripture, in which I'm, I'm maybe just breathe just one more thing here. But in all of the, of all of the revelations of the entire mystery of Christ, it is always God veiled behind flesh. So much so that they were gods to the age. The prophets were called. They were the word of God to that age. If this age could recognize that God himself was spoke again now in this last day, not outside of the Bible, but confirming the word. Didn't make a new Bible. He, remember how Brother Bram even says about the seven seals? He's talking about them all the time. He said, oh, it's not even written in the book. It's the backside of the book. It's not even written. About the third seal, he says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And, and he starts correcting it. He said, been there all the time. He said, but it was hidden from us. Yes. Well, we wouldn't know what we're, we wouldn't understand the voice of God in this age at all if, if God hadn't opened our understanding and, and hadn't fulfilled it. But all of a sudden, the word began to walk again on earth. In its fullness. And this time, we know there's not another message to follow. There's not an eighth angel. And you know, that's been, we've had all the doctrines around this. And we have a church splits and of every kind, and we've got them still. 
And we probably will have them till the day that we walk off of here. But somebody is going to walk off of this earth one of these days. Somebody's going to do We're not all staying here. No, sir. I like that. Somebody's leaving. And I like, even to take the first, second, third exodus, how Brother Bram talks about, preaches those messages, said, said, to every believer that comes from the bosom of God, that faith produces the works of God. If the seed that lays in you and I, how can it disbelieve the word of God when it comes from the bosom of God? How could you say, oh, I, I, well, that was for yesterday. Impossible. Impossible. The Spirit of God does not deny His own word. That's how you know. You know, sometimes people say, oh, well, we better check out and see if the prophet's right or not. I, I heard him say this. I'm going to try and pr- see if he's right or not. <clears throat> the word comes to the prophet. You want to find out if your revelation is right. Go back to the word and say, see if it fits together from Genesis to Revelations. That's your revelation. If it doesn't, and it says something different than what the angel said, I got, I, I, you'd read it again. I'd, I'd encourage you to go read it again. <clears throat> because the word of the Lord comes to the prophet. doesn't come to the teacher, the pastor. That's sometimes we love great teaching. But how great can teaching come when it starts leaving the word of God? We've seen great men even around this message. I'm talking masters. Great understanding. Begin to take it and begin to move away. Just stay there where God said what he said. Whether, whether we see it, sometimes we don't see it happen. <clears throat> we just wait a while. But see what happens. It brings forth this fruit. For the, for the word of God always brings forth the word, the seed of the word for this age. The message that this angel spoke to us when he got to the third pole and they began to talk about, they said, well, where's the sign that you used to have? Where's it? He said, it's still here. And then he would go and demonstrate it again. He said, look, show my hand. He said, it's still there, see? But he went further. Went on now to perfection. Not another message. You know, he never went and, you know, he did correct some things along the way. We know that. Like when he preached the seven seals. He actually stops and said, you know what? I, uh, I, I preached them all as being the white horse rider, being Christ riding forth. Said I took Larkins, I took different ones and, and read them. He's a man. But God said, now it won't work. The time has come now. I said, I'm going to let you correct that. For they, who could correct the heir of the prophet? Only the God of the prophet. Because it must come to the prophet to be corrected. Sure, sometimes we get stopped. The people, you know, we ministers, they get, they give you questions, you know, how sometimes uh, Brother Bram will say things, and he said, now, now you can be justified without being sanctified. You mean sanctified without the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Well, one brother showed me a quote and said, now, Brother Bram, what do you think, what was happening? He said, you can be sanctified without being justified. And he said, and then Brother Bram stops and said, you can be justified without being sanctified. See, yeah, but he said he said it here this way. And now I said it here this way, which is right. I said, you don't have to be a mathematician to figure that one out. <laughs> Just the way it says. Now he, he, but he starts out with saying you could be sanctified without being justified. Now, that's not the scriptural. But he corrects it immediately and says, uh, he, didn't, he didn't say, oh, I was wrong. He just said, he quotes it again, but this time he said, you can be justified without being sanctified. I said, now that's, that's I know I didn't want to hurt his feelings, but I said, now, now that's just 
Search the scripture. What does it say? Take the whole path of God, justification, sanctification, baptism, the Holy Ghost, and even for the Holy Ghost himself now, impersonating, impersonating himself, embodied. Because this time, it's not an individual person that's leaving here. It's the many-membered body with the seed of God in them. What a glorious light that to walk in this day. I'm grateful to be walking in this light. I don't know if I, if, uh, how long I'll be able to walk in this light. <clears throat> but, I, but, I, but I don't regret a mile. I don't regret the times I've had to stand there like you have done, stood there and said, Lord, you said it. I believe it. That settled it. Just as sick as you were before. God always lets us have something in our life that we, that we need to hold to keep us humble. Even watched Brother Branham home so many times. I think of often I'd wondered why right at the end of his ministry, when he, when he, when he God had revealed all the mysteries and, and, uh, and, he, and he gets all worked up about how the people are not taking his message anymore. He knows they won't, but he feels so hurt that they rejected, down, rejected Christ and rejected the vindicated word. But he knows they can't believe because unless they're in God's booth, they can't believe it. He knows that. But we all know that too. But we, we, we preach and try to convince people anyhow. But if the seed lays there, it'll quicken. If it doesn't lay there, you can pour as much water on there as you want. It'll never come up again. <clears throat> but, it, but it hurts. And yet sometimes, Brother Bram, when I heard running from the presence of the Lord, or not, not that one was where it talks about uh, going up, up to Alaska and, you know, tricking his wife to go with him. And, and a human being, a man. Just enough veil to hide it from the wise and the prudent. I heard a man say a while, you know, in closing, I say that I heard a man say a while ago, they were talking about Brother Branham. And he brought up and said, he was talking about what a great man he was. What a great ministry he had. <clears throat> and... Uh, he was a moderator, and he talked about, oh, he said there was never, there's not a man that had a ministry like William Branham. He said, and, uh, but as he went on, he said, and then we started teaching, he said, uh, he said, I believe that's why God took William Branham off the scene, had him killed in the wreck so that he wouldn't be lost. And I heard it, and I thought, oh, my. I don't understand why God, like here, we're talking about Brother, Brother Retief, Gideon. Now, why would God take a pastor out of a congregation? Now, I know him real well. I knew his mama and daddy, both of them, and, and Andre and Linda. And, and, I, and not just pull Gideon out, let him die of a heart attack in the middle of the highway. I don't understand it. But that's not my business. That's God's business. There's a lot of things we don't, we don't know but we used to sing that song, we'll understand it by and by. But I'm going to say this, it probably won't matter by and by. It probably won't matter at all. I said, why did I have that? Why did my crop fail last year again? Oh, my goodness. Well, and then I'm, now you wake up on the other side and said, okay, what's the matter? Don't matter anymore now. This crop will not fail. This time, there'll be no more graves preached. There'll be no more funerals preached. I've preached many a funeral at my age. I've wept like a human being. But I've rejoiced to know that many of them I've planted in the name of Jesus Christ, knowing they're going to come out in the first resurrection. We'll stand here on earth. We'll be gathered with them here. 
I believe it with all my heart. Somebody said, is Brother Bram coming back? Absolutely. He's one of the ages. When he had that beyond the vision for him, he said what the Lord told him. He said, remember, you're responsible for the message of this age. You'll be gathered with your own. I'm not ashamed to say that I believe that God sent an angel to turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. Where we know that we come from the bosom of God and we're going back to the bosom of God. When you, Brother Bam says, you ever hear that, that William Brown died? He said, don't you believe it? <laughs> that I've just changed address. And I feel the same way. I've, I've said that many times at funerals. said, no, they didn't die. They just changed address. The humanity is gone, but their soul went on and said, ah, finally we come to its rest. The labors are finished. God bless this tabernacle, this church. I like that little prayer that Brother Brown prayed. May he bless it and keep it. And when Jesus comes in the literal rapture, now, I know he appears before he comes. This is his appearing. But there is a physical, physical coming where these bodies will have a rapture too. This body still ages every day. And if we don't meet again here, there's one thing we do hope for and trust for. They were going to meet as young men, young women, in a body that can never, never die. Here we've got no continuous city. You know what? Can I have the musicians come up and and sing a song. I don't know why, but I just want to sing this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up. I don't know where they're laid up, but I know they're laid up in the bosom of God. That how could we all come? You know what it means. It comes from the mind of God, from the reality of God. God spoke it, and so it is. We all know that. And I, I, Brother Timothy, if you've got, still got a message, you go ahead and finish it here. <laughs> it's been good for me to be here today. And my wife and I, we're traveling through. I, we're heading towards Ohio. And um, Ohio has always been one of those places as well. Uh, everybody has what are called special places. And some of you people that come up from different places and the brother back there said, uh, I shook his hand and said, I said, you don't belong here. He said, yes, I do. I came here about a year and a half ago or something like that. I, I, he was a song leader in Cloverdale there. In, yes, of course. Don't ask me the name. <laughs> but it's so glad to see. And each of you that's been here, that moved here, something drew you here. We must believe that all of those steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. I remember when we had the great breakup in the in the. And over the Perugia doctrine in our congregation. And, you know, it's the hardest thing in my whole Christian walk that I've ever made a decision. And I was given the opportunity, I was given the ultimatum. This, 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 and this, or out you go. And, you know, one of the things that came to my rescue, I kind of like the way the brother Ram said, my rescue. What came to my rescue was the word of God. And the pastor then, uh, God bless his soul, I believe I'll meet him again in the rapture. But the doctrine had filtered into the church so powerfully that it just began to break it up. And when they gave me the ultimatum of what to do, either stay and get knocked down to where so on, or you can't preach, you can't pray, you can't sing, you can't, won't be supported. And I said, I looked at him and then the Holy Spirit come to my rescue and said, just remember this. He said, if the church called me 
then let the church take care of me. But if God calls you, God will take care of you. He did. He did. I got kicked out, but you know what? Not out of the kingdom. I'm still in the kingdom. And you know what I found out? He's never left me. All the 35 years, I've been 36 years of pastoring there. And it was exactly, if you, someday we'll, you understand, but you, we can't, we don't have time. But you know how, you know God told you to do this, go there and do that. And you tried and it didn't work out. I said, oh, it can't be of God. That's it. All right. Thank you, Lord. But it is, if it is of God, sometimes there's a long way around. Do you remember Brother Bram with the tax case and everything? And how he said that he had been disobedient. And he said, he said I, practically, I'm standing in the pulpit right now with this over my shoulders. He said, I, the Lord told me India, not Africa, or Africa, not India. Remember that? And he said, I got to go make that thing right. He said, I got to get off my shoulder. But then he looks back and he took, takes about the cat, tax case and he takes a whole circle and said, you know, honey, I'm free. Remember when they paid off, the, got the bill and the loan? So on? he said, I'm free, I'm free, honey, I'm, let's go for a ride. <laughs> so they went driving. He said, I'm free. And he looked back and said, honey, he said, for five years, for five years, I've wondered, said, but this day it's over. Sometimes it takes a while. I've been there. It took me five years. I wondered. I made a circle for five years. Ended up in Ohio. Knew the Lord sent me there. But it said for a year. Then I knew when he told me, get out and go back. Five years I made. One day I'm sitting there reading that same message and we had just started the church in Saskatoon, 1984, of April the 17th, after we got put out. <clears throat> and I read a little message, and I counted back from April 79 to April 84. Five years, I said, honey, I'm free. <laughs> I've been the pastor there now for those years, since 1984. And I don't know if I'm in the will of God now or not. <laughs> But Dwayne is the pastor there now. It's been one of the hardest things to do at times. You know how it is. I don't want to fail the Lord, but I do know this. I get, there was something come up, and I gave it commission to the Lord, and I said, Lord, if you work it out, I'll follow you. You just lead me. I know I could be gone tomorrow. We know that. Already I'm living on borrowed time. But I thank him for all the time. I don't regret a mile. What was I going to sing? That's it. Sing it with me. Give me a key if you will. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are lit up somewhere beyond the blue. Oh, the angels beckon me from heaven to the door. And I can't feel at all in this world anymore. Just over in Thank you for this day. 
It's a good day, Lord, to be in your house, to hear all the saints and pressing toward the mark, to see the pastor and his strength, how you've watched over him, Lord, in spite of all, stands like a, like a stone, keeps preaching the truth, Lord. Oh, bless his life. Bless the deacons, the trustees, the ministers that support him. Lord, may they stand together as a mighty unit, the song leaders and the musicians and, and every member that's in this body here, not in the church necessarily, but in the mystical body of Jesus Christ. Bless them, Father. And if we don't meet here again, Lord, we pray that when our bodies change, you'll make the call. We'll join you then, Lord, to meet the Lord in the air. Until we meet again, Lord, watch over every one of your children. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Just over in glory land, we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand. testimony of being there in the tabernacle and his brother, amen, and the need he had on his heart and just the Lord knowing, amen. Aren't you thankful he knows whatever we have need of? 
Ah!